Hey everyone, this is Ruben Rene. So excited to be back for a second episode. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you philosophy content that may leave you with a life lesson. I'm also on the same journey and I'm learning along the way. Last week we talked about how Stoicism is a philosophy of action. Now, I didn't do a good job at expanding on that concept, but I think a quote from the American writer Robert Fulgham helps explain the idea behind taking action. And the quote says, it doesn't matter what you say, you believe, it only matters what you do. At a high level, that is exactly what a philosophy of action is all about. Last week, we talked about Marcus Aurelius and um, I share this quote that says, the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. Marcus Aurelius tells us, it is possible to change your state of mind. We are often faced with the dilemma of belief versus action. Whenever I open my Instagram, for example, I am bombarded with a series of posts to tell me mindset is everything, believing is achieving. However, what these posts don't tell us is how to take action to change our mindset to really achieve the outcomes that we are searching for in life. Stoics will say, yes, you can take action. And the way to take action is by making philosophy part of your life, part of our life. Marcus Aurelius would say, take action against your thoughts. If you think you don't look great, or you're not smart, or you're unorganized, or your life is a mess, whatever unconstructive thought is that you're having, change it. That's what welcoming a philosophy of action into your life is all about. It's not about saying things that will be better or believing that things will get better if you do what Elon Musk or Steve Jobs do. That type of motivation is unsuitable, it's unauthentic, and honestly, it's detrimental to our own well-being. It's grounded on a formula that does not promote getting to know ourselves. Changing the quality of our thoughts requires practice and training. It's literally just like running. Your first mile is exhausting and boring. That, that was the case when I started running, right? Like the first mile, I, I didn't enjoy the process. So the next time I went out for a run, I, I took my headphones and I ran the mile with music. And that way I could focus a bit more on the running. With practice and time, running became part of my identity. Uh, and I stopped caring less about the time that I ran, if I had the right music, um, if I was running the X amount of miles I want to run for the day, I was just focused on running and improving my running. And, and I think that that's when running became part of my identity. I think the same thing happens by being willing to take action with our own thoughts. Um, with analyzing what we're thinking. Over time, taking the time to analyze your thoughts becomes part of who you are. And the demand to pause and reflect becomes less of a burdensome. I know this sounds a bit crazy, but it's something I've been working on for a while with both my running and my mental wellness. I've been trying to make philosophy and running part of my identity. So there's less of a friction 
when I have to engage with both of those practices. So how did I get to this idea of making things part of your identity? And um, there's a quote by Seneca that where he argues that we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. And so this idea really helped me try to understand my, my thoughts and, and be able to discern what's valuable and what's not. And so if we stay one more week with the Stoics, this quote connects very well with last week's quote by Marcus Aurelius, where he argues that our happiness is dependent upon the quality of our thoughts. And Seneca tells us that we tend to spend more time in imagination than in reality. So what does that mean? Um, have you ever wished for a switch that you would just hit and your brain will just turn off for a little bit? I certainly have. Now, over time I realized that switch doesn't really exist. One thing that this quote, when I first read it, that helped me understand is that the people at the time from Seneca are not that different than people today. And so they were dealing with the same insecurities and anxieties that we, that we suffer today. And later on, I came across this quote by Sigmund Freud and I think he, he says it so brilliantly. The voice of the intellect is a soft one, but it does not rest until it has gained a hearing. It is often the relentless voice in our head that keeps us from being or liberated selves, from finding our true identity. It is pure imagination, honestly. Many of us, and I don't want to generalize, suffer from this imaginative chatter where our fears and insecurities thrive. We could ignore the internal conversation. Sure, that's an option. The drawback is that doing so becomes a pattern and sometimes we build a habit. Jean Piaget, a Swiss psychologist who did extensive research on child and intellectual development stated that every acquisition of accommodation becomes material for assimilation, but assimilation always resists new accommodations. There's a lot in that quote, but according to Piaget, assimilation is, a, is new information that becomes part of the knowledge we already have. And an accommodation attempts to change the knowledge we already have so that new information can fit better. As Piaget said, learning habits that reinforce our current habits is way easier than trying to modify our current habits. That's why we need to become aware of our patterns. Now, going back to the internal chatter, not all of it is a bad thing. I will acknowledge it. Some internal conversations result in a positive and optimistic outlook about our personal situations. In this episode, I'm specifically focusing on our negative thoughts and making an argument to take action on identifying if there is a pattern in your thinking process. 
Some patterns can be self-destructive and we can enter cycles that will limit us in our ability to build relationships, enjoy life, and our willingness to be open to new things. You know, I'm not a cognitive psychology researcher, but I often wonder where this need to worry about things or critique ourselves comes from. I assume it has something to do with the fight or flight response of our bodies. I mean, not too long ago, our brains were a bit more worried about survival. In a way, technology has improved to an extent the quality of our lives, that we are not in imminent danger. And I say that with caution, of course, but our brains have more time to worry about things or critique. And what a better subject than ourselves. In this episode, I wanted to make connections between the idea of improving the quality of our thoughts through stoicism and philosophy of action, and the idea that we suffer more from imagination than reality. I guess what I'm trying to communicate is that if we make philosophy part of our lives, part of our identity, and we train ourselves to quiet negative thoughts, we should be able to focus on building relationships, enjoying life, and we will be open to exploring and learning new things. Freud told us that the voice in our heads is relentless. Piaget stated that intelligence is the most malleable and long-lasting system of living and acting operations. Both of these concepts can be both good and bad. Bad if we let the negative chatter override the liberated view of ourselves based on forgiveness, acceptance, and love. Our cognitive ability has led to some amazing discoveries and sometimes the stubbornness of our brains can turn into wonderful creations. However, when our thoughts become unfocused and messy, it can make our existence harder than we, what it needs to be. The next time you find yourself in a situation where your thinking feels messy, remember the wisdom from both Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. Our happiness is dependent upon the quality of our thoughts, and at times we're suffering more from imagination than actual reality. Stoicism tells us that we must not be passive with our thoughts, but become people of action. Folks, I'm extremely grateful for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I plan to publish an episode every Wednesday by 9.15 a.m. I hope you're able to join me for a quick philosophy break every week and learn something that you can take away to improve the quality of your well-being. If you're interested in learning about a specific philosophy topic, please reach out through my website, philosophybreakpodcast.wordpress.com. I am also on the same journey and I want to learn and research a variety of topics. Again, feel free to send a message through my website, philosophybreakpodcast.wordpress.com. I hope you have learned something from today's topic just like I did. Feel free to join next week with a cup of tea, a coffee, a mate, or whatever your beverage of choice is. Until next time.